Hi everyone, welcome to the Highbury Hangout podcast. In today's episode, we'll be talking all about the North London Derby. So our absolute goal fest kept North London red, and that means now that the men and the women's team have both done the double this season against Spurs. So let's kick it off with a match recap, and then we'll dive into some analysis. So Jonas Eidvall made three changes to the side that faced Bayern in the week. As it, I suggested in my pre-match post, I said that Pullover and Wuba Moy would come in, but perhaps surprisingly, Serena D'Angelo made a WSL start in goal. Blackstenius opened up the scoring really early on via a ball from Leah Williamson and Caitlin Ford followed up her absolutely solid performance against Bayern Munich with another one in North London. She really battled Tottenham's backline well and on the half hour mark she got our second goal of the game. Ford drove it into the penalty area and drove the ball low and powerfully into the back of the net. Pullover came close to scoring our third just a few moments later, but her shot was deflected by the Spurs keeper. Then, somewhat kind of against the run of play, Bethany England of Spurs was able to score the one and only goal by the host. Defence blocked England's shot, but when it fell to Ashley Neville, the next shot came off Katie McCabe's hand, leading to a penalty. Luckily, though, there was no yellow card given to Katie McCabe because if there was, it would mean that she would miss our game against City, which will obviously now be vital for the WSL charge. We came into the second half with energy. Spurs did definitely tighten up their positioning at the very least after their halftime team talk, but Freedom Warner and Blackstenius and Caitlin Ford all seemed to come close to scoring. But next up on the score sheet was Captain Kim Little. There was obviously some drama surrounding whether the penalty should have been given. Um, We'll be talking about that in a moment. And this now takes Kim Little's penalty success rate well over 90%. Not long after this, Caitlin Ford scored her second of the game, assisted again by Pullova, who was on the right wing for this game. The Gunners continued with a really strong showing and capped it off with a stunning goal from Freedom Warnham, who just lobbed the ball over the keeper, making it a 5-1 victory. This marks Arsenal's third straight win in the WSL and we were temporarily second. However, we are now in fourth. This is following United's win over West Ham at Old Trafford and Man City's win against Chelsea. Now, obviously, especially the win against Chelsea has really blown the title race open. So just to remind everyone, United and City both sit first and second, respectively, with 38 points. Then Chelsea with 37 and then us in 35. Obviously, the only thing separating United and City at the minute is goal difference. However, Arsenal's focus has to obviously rapidly return to the Champions League as we now face Bayern Munich on Wednesday. It's been confirmed that there's now been 18,000 tickets sold, so really exciting. A big turnout for a midweek game. And of course, tickets are still available. Overall, while obviously we did go into this game favourites to win, it could have been a big nightmare because there's a lot of um, atmosphere around the game. A lot of expectations to continue our winning streak against Spurs. And then, of course, just in general, any game in such quick succession for any team, but especially a team that is as small as ours and still kind of recovering from injuries, is going to be difficult. But really, especially in the second half for the forwards, it looked like a bit of a training match, in my opinion. 
the forwards were able to try out lots of different skills and kind of the tactics in which to maneuver around Spurs. And while obviously we know that Bayern is going to prove a much more difficult task than the game at Spurs, I think it leads us with a lot of confidence and kind of can help with plans against Bayern. But now talking of confidence, obviously the return of Blacksenius' form is really great. But I think this game in particular has really shown how far she's come since the kind of all the negative press surrounding her. And it's just such a relief both for her, for the team, for the fans. And it it's come at a quite a good time as well, obviously. So let's talk about the goal itself, her, the first goal of the game. Her run-in was really good. And then even though Lee Williamson's ball wasn't intended for her, I think it was going to Caitlin Ford, she gambled and she finished it beautifully. And that that's showing her confidence on the ball. And it also shows how fluid the team can be now. And on top of that, I think Black Stennis's role... In, in most games, but also more so in this one, really gave the team quite a focal point and it allowed us to go direct if we needed, but also really complemented the other players' threats in the box because she was able to find lots of free space. She was really good at drawing players away and so on. And then her hold-up play was really crucial in this game, especially considering the bobbly surface of Brisbane Road. Another standout was definitely Pullover. In fact, after the game, Jonas Eideval specifically spoke about her performance and really sunk her praises. So there was definitely a few moments where I think she showed there's still a need for her to settle in. But she was only signed super recently and she is fairly young. And I think those moments were very few and far between. And I feel like every time we see her, we just see more and more of this talent she possesses. And I think now surrounded with these players, that's only going to increase. I'm just so excited for like the long term, especially. But just every game, I think we see more from her. But ultimately, her assists for Ford's goals, the the spray pass for the first and then the persistence on the wing for the second, just absolutely amazing. I think she really played like a really vital role. I don't think they would have been as promising goals if it wasn't for her play like in the build up for that. She also did really well at diverting Spurs defenders or like the midfield by playing them out, getting the ball away and then taking the defenders out which was really important and then obviously that messed a little bit with their formation and we've spoken previously about how leaky Spurs' defence are and that just she absolutely knew how to deal and like kind of manipulate that even further showing a lot of maturity there. Looking at her stats obviously she had the two assists, she had 93% pass completion rate, she had five recoveries and that's obviously just some of the highlights. I just think anyone there will have seen how well she played. Now, looking at Spurs, I know maybe we don't want to, but looking at Spurs, they changed their formation in the first half, I think at least once or twice. Um, and there was also some really interesting moves that they made, which were a bit confusing in my opinion. So in the first half, there was some points where Bethany England really pressed Leah Williamson quite hard. But then when Leah passed it back to Sabrina in goal... England then just kind of like aborted whatever the plan was and then they would retreat back into their team shape and then no one pressed Sabrina um it just seemed to really they really seemed to struggle for solutions against us at a lot of the points um and then even when they did seem to find it by that point I think we were just having a lot of fun with the game 
you could see Arsenal sticking to the original game plan, but also just kind of moving about a lot. And I think they were just completely thrown. Now, I said we would talk about the Kate McCabe penalty situation. So, overall, I don't think it's as dramatic as people are making out. And I know people are going to be like, well, that's because you're an Arsenal fan, so it works for you. But basically, the controversy per se is that people are saying she left her foot in there to like create and manufacture the tackle to lead to the penalty and that would be okay that kind of happens in football a lot but I think people's issue is they're saying it happens all the time so I've seen people talk about them happening at like opportune moments so in the Conti Cup and things like that and then obviously Kim Little as our penalty taker she famously basically never misses so yeah I would be really intrigued to see what fellow Arsenal fans think of this because at the minute I've only seen like, I'm not saying they're the only people, but I have only seen like two, I think they're Chelsea fans and then also just some, I think it was a Villa fan, but um, kind of interesting to see the take from within the community. Now, unfortunately, one of the things that did happen in the game was an injury to Geo. We haven't yet got an update on that. I'm not sure when we'll get one next because obviously in the upcoming press conferences they're going to be talking about the Champions League games. However, if we do get an update, I will be putting it on socials. Um, It did look fairly serious in the sense that obviously we didn't have any subs left and that was a known issue. So her coming off, obviously not for very long, but it did leave us down a player. Um... However, I just think when you're winning by a fair amount, then why wouldn't you protect the player like it's what you should do? More positively, though, we now have a great stat from Caitlin Ford. So she's had six games against Spurs and she's scored seven goals. Um, And then the commentator on Sky after the game asked her if it was in her contract, if she had to score against Spurs, which was just so funny. Um, And then the other positive was we saw Jodie Taylor make an appearance. Obviously, in the way we're expecting her to, coming on as a sub, helping protect some of our players ready for the Champions League games. I thought she actually played really well. I I know she's coming in, she's faced a little bit of um, a bit of heat, a bit of confusion as to why she's there, but I think she showed that she's still perfectly capable, and I just think she's so eager and willing to take this opportunity. I think with that kind of emotion when you play football, I just think it's only going to lead to positives. I was very pleasantly happy with the whole performance. Um, And you can already see that she's desperate to score a goal, so exactly what we need. And also, I just wanted to share Lotta Vibbermoy's thoughts after the game. Just really lovely comments. I really like to see this whole, like, fan-player connection. I think it's super important, especially in women's football. So she said, not too long ago, 10, 12 years ago, I was one of them, she said. So she was kind of reflecting on the away support. She said, I understand how much it means when you give a bit of time and we don't win these games without their support. You could hear them for the full 90 minutes. I think they were louder than the home team support. So it was a lovely day in all in all. And she's absolutely right. All you could really hear was the Arsenal fans. I think at one point there was even a chant going around basically saying that they were so quiet they thought they were at home, which was just brilliant. Now, moving on to more general Arsenal news. Obviously, one of the big things coming out is going to be who's got their international call-ups for the upcoming break. We already know that Katrine Cool has been called up. 
which isn't really a surprise. She's been a pretty regular star for them now, despite her young age, which is just super impressive. And we're just so lucky to have her. Um, one of the big ones, that obviously, people will be looking out for is the Lionesses. That will be coming out on Tuesday at about 11.30am. And with all of the call-ups, I will obviously be sharing on socials kind of who's been called up, who maybe has missed out. And as always, this still includes Jordan Nobbs. We want her to do well. We already know that Steph Catley won't be playing international break football because she's still recovering from her foot injury. As I've said, I feel like the Matildas kind of social teams have given us more information than Arsenal, which isn't super surprising, but um, we do now know that she should be back for at least a few games at the end of the season, but we don't know the timeline on it. But on the topic of the Matildas, obviously Caitlin Ford has also already been called up. Their team sheet came out about five days ago. And finally, we saw that Leah Williamson read her bedtime story on CBeebies, making her the first ever women's footballer. As usual, she is a trailblazer. And for anyone who didn't pick up on it, she obviously recorded the story at London Colony Arsenal's training ground. And while a lot of my English listeners are probably super aware of it, I did see a few people who support Arsenal from further afield. Um, Just clarify, CBeebies is a children's channel that most of us kind of grew up on. And there's been some celebrities in the past who read bedtime stories like Harry Styles, for example. However, much for like Harry Styles and only Tom Hardy's done one, I'm sure their listeners kind of went up a few age groups as well as the little kids the other night. On the topic of Leah Williamson, I would also really recommend that people read her latest interview with The Guardian. Super in-depth, super insightful, and as always, I just think she speaks so clearly and intelligently. Definitely worth the read. But that concludes this episode. Obviously, we've got a big, big week. We've got Bayern Munich and then we've got Man City in the WSL at the weekend. You can expect some post-match previews on the website, thehybridhangout.com, and then, of course, the post-match chats on here. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.